Anyway, we're going to move right on now to England, some people's favorite league. And we did say we're going to discuss it tonight just to look back at what happened. So you're welcome to send us your voice notes, 061-4104-107. If you have any questions for our guest, Ed Aaron, or if you want to comment about your own team and how they performed, uh, you're welcome to send us your voice notes, 061-4104-107. And let's welcome Ed on the line now, sports writer and desk editor at, at, at The Guardian. Ed, good evening and thanks for being able to speak to us again here in South Africa. Good evening, how are you? Are you well? Yes, I'm fine, thanks, and you, Ed? I hope you're well. I believe you're in Germany at the moment. Yes, I am, yeah, just having a few days uh, off after the end of the season. It was quite a crazy uh, last, few, uh, last week or two, wasn't it? And uh, especially the final day, which, uh, you know, I think people are still recovering from, actually. <laughs> and maybe let's start there, Ed Aarons. I mean, we had a mini-debate here last night. Where does that final day rank in the history of final days of the Premiership, of the Premier League, in the history of Sergio Aguero's final day? Where do you place this one? Well, I think it's a very close <laughs> It's a very close call, isn't it? But I think the Aguero one is, is pretty difficult to beat that, given that you know the winning goal, or the winning two goals in the end, came in, in injury time. But yeah, we weren't far off because I think Manchester City, they were obviously 2 0 down, needing to, needing to uh, win, the, win that game against Villa to make sure they won the Premier League. And, and it took them to, what, 75th minute to score the first. And then within five minutes, it was 3 2. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, and, you know, hats off to Manchester City for showing that, that grit to come back from that position because it must have been really, really difficult for them thinking it had all gone wrong. Um, so, yeah, very exciting. And, and you, you had to feel a little bit for Liverpool. But obviously they had the Champions League final this weekend coming up and they'll be happy to make up for it there. Uh, four, four titles in, in five seasons now for Manchester City. What's been key to this consistency? Well, I think number one has to be Pep Guardiola. He's a, an absolute winner. And he, he, the way that he's moulded this squad um, since the you know first first season wasn't brilliant, but since then they've been unbelievable. And the amount of points that they've racked up, you know, and this time they've pushed all the way, um, and they just managed to hold them off. I think, it, but as I said before, it's just great resilience from from them to come back from that that position where everybody expected them to win. You know, canter to the league title. Suddenly they were staring down the barrel. Uh, uh, throwing it all away and then just such resilience to find that self-belief and, and get the win. Yeah, but but some people feel they don't get the respect that they deserve. Even Pep ahead of the of the last few games, he, he said he felt that people in England want Liverpool to win the title. Why is that? Yeah, it was, it was a funny a funny comment, but I think there is probably something in that, but um, I think a lot of people would say they're desperate for Liverpool not to win it as well. Um, but I think the thing about Manchester City, yeah, the thing about Manchester City, though, I think that they're kind of tainted a little bit by their owners and where you know the sudden rise to the top. You know, ten years ago, uh, it was that they won their first title, and um, you know it's been so quick that I think that's the thing that sticks in, in some people's throats a little bit. That it's you know they bought the success from you know not being a very successful club. Oh, that's football, as somebody pointed out. You know, if anybody remembers Blackburn Rovers 20 years ago, they did exactly the same thing. So mm. um, that's just the way football goes sometimes. And, and you have to respect what Pep Guardiola's done there. 
And you've mentioned Liverpool. I mean, how tough must it be for them to finish on 92 points, losing just two games and still not win the title? What more could have could they have done here, Ed? Well, again, it's a really hard one to take. And it's funny that you know, the same thing happened in the, um, the 1920, so the 1819 season. You know, Liverpool, you know, Liverpool mm. went into the last game, needy to slip up. They had even more points. 97, then. yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so I think that they they made a bit of a slow start to the season, but it came back so well. At one point, they were 17 points behind, albeit with two games in hand in January. And to make a, a fight of it from there was a, was a great effort. And, you know, they carried that momentum through, you know, winning domestic cups and um, also, you know, being in the Champions League final. So I think that uh, it's a disappointing season, but. You know, if they win the Champions League, then that will be that will be a, a great fillet for them. And what does it take to play every single game possible this season? They won the League Cup, won the FA Cup um, in the final of the Champions League now, which means they've played every game. I know it's incredible, isn't it? They managed they managed to <laughs> play every game, and the, the you know the players must be absolutely exhausted because season, um, and it's going to be a big push for them. Against Real Madrid, um, fingers crossed that Thiago is going to be fit because I think Liverpool fans are really concerned that he limp out against uh, against Wolves. Um, some people even found that was a bigger blow than <laughs> not winning the league if it, if he's not available for that game. So yeah, it's going to be a difficult one for them. And your thoughts on Chelsea at Arons? They were third despite all their challenges this season off the field. I'm sure they'll take this. Yeah, it was a difficult season for Chelsea and, and, and a lot of question marks about what's going to happen next season. You know, there's a lot of change going on. Obviously, the new ownership is going to go through, we think, in the next couple of days, actually. And a lot of question marks, although Thomas Tuchel has said that he's, he's going to stay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unraveled quite quickly for Chelsea. And they'll be looking to sort of get back onto the winning habit this season, uh, next season because it really it, it fell away very quickly and we're even in danger of not getting in the Champions League, weren't we, until maybe a week before the end of the season when, you know, Arsenal ended up not making it. But, um, yeah, it's been quite concerning how quickly it's all falling apart at Chelsea. OK, so you see, you're saying you're seeing that sale going through? Yeah, supposedly it's going to be happening, yeah, this week. I've heard, um, I think that the problems with the loan with Mr. Abramovich, I think that's been resolved. And they're expecting it to, to be announced Okay, and I'm just going down the table here. Spurs finished fourth. It's another talking point, I guess, because at some stage, Antonio Conte felt the squad wasn't good enough. He didn't seem to be committing his future there. How did he? How did he get it right? I think the key to Spurs was really the form of Son and Kane, and it's a very obvious answer, but. <laughs> Yeah, those two were absolutely fantastic towards the end of the season. I saw them a couple of times in the flesh, and they really take some stopping. And um, Conte, it took a bit of time to get his, his methods through. And you know, the, the two signings in January were very important for them: Ben Tancor and Kulusevski. Mm. Yeah, done really, really well. Um, but already, you know, Conte within minutes of the securing fourth place, he was sort of making a few demands and. Hinting that you know he wants more next season, which is fair enough because you know he's shown that it does kind of work when he brings people in. So um, 
but it's up to Daniel Levy whether he wants to back him um, as much as Conley, I'm sure, will want, because it will take to get Tottenham up to the level that he would like them to be at. Yeah, Kulusevsky was a big signing. It just seemed to have rejuvenated this team. Spurs fourth meant huge disappointment for Arsenal. They had it in their hands. What cost them fourth place here? They just needed to win their last two games, Ed. Yeah, well, I think a lot of Arsenal fans will be very, very frustrated with the way it all ended. Um, I think, although it feels like a really disappointing season, I think there is progress there. They're the youngest team in the league, and you can see something is building. Um, and I, but I think, in terms of how why why they didn't quite do it this time, I think a lack of experience is a big thing, and also a lack of a, a, a striker, um, you know, an out and out striker. Um, if you look at Arsenal's top scorer this season, I think it's Saka. Obviously, Wing and Bunny departure midway through the season. You know, the captain, play and top scorer. Every season, that that's really affected them, I think, because you, know, you take you take the goals away from a, a out and out striker. Okay, okay. Um, let's just go to the voice notes now. We're just going to try and get a better connection on that line. It was failing us towards the end. Okay, back to me. Okay, thanks for those. Let's go to the line quickly. Colin, good evening in Cape Town, my friend. Good, good evening, Tabisu, and good evening to your guest. Do you know, they reckon the best linesmen, the best coaches are sitting on the couch. Yes, all, all the time. Yeah. They pick yeah. the team that never plays. Yeah, they are the the <laughs> best. Now, you can't... Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to talk about some callers, because uh, I wonder if some of them played soccer in their life. But anyway, I would like to ask your guest, my friend. Um, you know, when I started playing soccer mm. from a young age of nine, and our coaches used to say to us, look here, go and enjoy yourself, but make sure you play your best. Mm. Because from now, the league starts, mm. or the school league, every point counts. Which brings me back to now, look at Liverpool. By one point. By one point. Now, uh, it was Google the other day. Uh, in the 80s, 70s, was goal aggregate. They won a league on goal aggregate. Hmm. So, yes, if you go and Google and see the English Premier League, and it was three times that the league was won on goal aggregate. The wow. even points. Yeah. Every game matters, Colin. Every game, and I think that's what Ed was saying earlier on, that maybe they got off to a bit of a slow start and picked up uh, a, b- a bit later, but yeah, it's tough to lose it by one point or not win it by one point. Just quickly on the questions that we received, Ed, um, there was a question about Manchester United. They finished sixth, they qualify for Europa, but is it a season to forget for them? Just United, um, they, they finished on zero, didn't they? So <laughs> I think that uh, they, <laughs> which I think Crystal Palace, uh, my team, finished above them, who obviously beat them on the final day. Mm. So it, it would be quite interesting to see the table um, on on goal aggregate. Actually, I, I, I don't think it's the best system. I think points are, but um, yeah, it's been quite a strange one for goal goal aggregate this season in, in, in the Premier League. You look, there's only about 
six or seven teams, I think, with a positive one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Manchester City is like plus 70. But yeah, Manchester United, I think it can only really get better, you'd hope. I mean, this was an absolutely nightmare season, wasn't it? And, you know, the, 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 especially the last few weeks on the Ralph Rangnick, it's just, it's been absolutely awful. You know, it, it, it's almost the easiest picture on, on the list, wasn't it, to, to play United. Every team were rubbing their hands at that, and, uh, you know, and it certainly wasn't like that years ago, you know, when they were totally dominating the league. So Ten Hawk has got a massive, massive job on his hands, but I think United fans should be encouraged by the fact that he's already at work. He's, you know, he came to watch the game against Palace. He's given a press conference and he's, you know, he's looking around there starting to think about making signings. So that has to be positive. And, you know, with the resources at his disposal, you would expect them to improve considerably next season but you know that's no guarantee and as we've seen this season finally Leeds survived the drop so can they say that decision to take Biesla was justified and is Jesse Marsh the right man for the job and I guess the same question goes for Everton yeah well I was at Leeds uh, Brentford on Sunday and uh, I have to say Leeds was quite lucky I'm sure there's lots of Mm. Leeds fans in South Africa still given you know Lucas Trabedi and his uh, you know his great spell as captain there but yeah, these are quite lucky. I mean, they they haven't had much luck all season with injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Jesse Marsh, I think, proved a few people wrong um, on by, by keeping them up. And you know, he, they may have been slightly fortunate, but they did it. And it, it, it certainly has given him a real boost. That he was very, very happy afterwards. And it was it was very difficult for him with Bielsa, you know, coming in after Bielsa, who was so loved there. And you know, it was quite pleasing to, to see. It come off to him, and as for Everton, well, I think you know it all seems that everything's rosy now in the garden. But um, I think that there's a, a long way to go until they're back. And there's still quite a few question marks about um, Lampard, despite the fact that he also you know rescued them from from relegation um, over the last few weeks. It certainly <laughs> it was a very exciting few matches for them, wasn't it? And yeah. especially you know culminating with that game against Crystal Palace. Okay, Ed, let's leave it there. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for finding time to speak to us. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. I think we won't bother you until next season now. <laughs> oh, no worries. Have, have a good summer. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Ed. Yep. Um, it's actually winter here in South Africa, so it's a bit chilly. Anyway, still 1-0 to Pirates against Marispec United. 30 minutes played. Happy Jail has just hit the post with a header there. And uh, Tembi Ngosiloch with the goal. It's 8 o'clock time for news.